0: Welcome to the 5G TechVitory Podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. My name is Piotr Linka. I'm one of the mobility engineers at Palo Alto Networks. I joined six years ago, and my main role is basically to integrate our uh products with network equipment providers like the nokia's and ericsson's of the world and i'm also working uh with uh, with customers helping them basically secure whatever they are uh, deploying um in terms of mobile networks whether it's 4g 5g or hopefully 6 and 7g as well um with me um, there is edgar's and uh, Dizis that you might know already uh, they are our regional team over here i'm working as a service provider overlay um despite the fact that palo alto is the biggest enterprise security company we do have a lot uh, to offer uh, to service providers especially when it comes to the 5g because um i think we all got to the same conclusion this week that um 5G is all about the enterprises, and uh, it's not about consumers. No one's gonna pay, basically, for faster YouTube. Um, We have 50 patents uh, granted, and 50 patents pending, more or less, uh, when it comes to the mobile network security. And the first question is, why should people care about uh, security? Usually, it's all about maintaining privacy, which is just encrypt, and send packets from A to B intact uh, on time uh, according to the SLA and no one cares if they, are, if they are actually sending malicious traffic or legitimate traffic. So the enterprises, they do care, okay? First of all, they care because they have to protect business-critical data. So mobile network is not only the, the way of access anymore, it is basically the, um, the place where the data is in transit, okay? Business-critical data. Then they have to extend the zero trust, okay? There are different types of customers. They are the ones that own the networks, um, uh, like in the US, in Germany, they they basically buy the frequency uh, spectrum and then they deploy networks on their own and try to maintain them. And there are also customers that are basically um, relying on the managed service, okay? But still, um, the enterprises, they have a security goal, which is to enhance, extend the zero trust approach. And then we have time to detect and time to remediate, okay? So these are two business factors from the security perspective. If you have a security product only behind the mobile network, you only get an incident, maybe information, and an IP address of the mobile device, which is assigned dynamically. Okay, so there is not enough information to basically quickly troubleshoot which mobile device has generated malicious traffic and react, eliminate it, quarantine it, get it off the network so that it wouldn't be able to, first of all, take out the network and then uh, do something um, to the data center itself. Then why should service providers care? Because we are reducing the risk of the infrastructure, okay, and uh, there are risks. Um, We heard this many times uh, in the last two days that 5G is secure by design. it's not. Um, then uh, protect the telco cloud, whether it's a private cloud or public cloud, we are seeing uh, that the public cloud uh, vendors, they are actually playing now um, uh, in the 5G space. They are basically offering, um, let's say, dedicated instances of the, of the public cloud or uh, some sort of an outpost, a platform like Azure PMA, Google GDCE, Um, or even Snowball, AWS Snowball, is actually able to run 5G workloads now. So what are we focusing on? First of all, the user plane security, okay? Um, We basically put a firewall between the radio and the core network. We are able to open up the GDP protocol and we are able to inspect what the mobile devices are actually sending. Okay, why why to do it over here? First of all, you can in real time identify the mobile device. Okay, we can pull out the subscriber ID and we can pull out the IMSI, the serial number of the device and we can correlate it in one log entry in real time that hey, we have stopped the malicious traffic against a data center uh, originating from this mobile device with this subscriber ID with Uh, this serial number and this IP address at the moment. Okay, the next thing is network slice security. So there are two types of customers that I'm talking to usually. One of them, they want to have a single security product that will be slice aware. So whenever they are orchestrating a new network slice, the expectation is that it's not gonna be just IMF, SMF, UPF and maybe PCF uh, per slice, but they are also expecting that the security products will follow this, and they will basically also create a dedicated security policy to um, to this particular network slice IoT security um, There are five types of customers. I mean you can each uh, ask each one of them and each one of them will have a different understanding what IoT security means for them for some, it's more about the logistics, the provisioning, the commissioning. Okay, uh, for others, it's basically trying to enforce the logic of the IoT device. Uh, for service providers, especially mobile providers, it's about defending the network from IoT devices. Okay, if the IoT device gets compromised, which is easy, we have to remember it's a very simple, um, very simple um, device with a uh, not too complex software. Uh, capabilities so don't expect too much when it comes to security and once it's taken over once it's in bad hands it can very quickly take out the network it can start with the radio and then it can uh, basically participate in a ddos attack uh, signaling storms and so on and so on okay so mobile service providers they don't care about let's say the the logic they only care about identifying compromised, connected IoT devices and just kicking them out of the network. The next thing is Mac security. Uh, again, there are two types of customers, no, three types of customers. Um, the first one, they are basically getting codes, uh, which is just the standard hardware uh, for a server, and then they are building um, the platform themselves, and then they are bringing uh, the network functions it could be uh, from one vendor, or it could be, as I call it, a Frankenstein, that they basically bring a little bit of, uh, from, each, uh, from each known vendor. Uh, the second type of customers, they are basically buying everything from a particular network equipment provider. It's like a vanilla end-to-end architecture from, from one vendor. And then the third type of customers is adopting public cloud platforms. Like I said, Azure PMac, AWS, Noble Outpost, and uh, Google GDCE. Um, the next issue is uh, the core network security, the network functions. Since 5G is basically based on IT enterprise class solutions like Kubernetes, for example, and then the whole concept of DevOps and so on and so on, then it means that it is also inheriting the same risks and those risks, they have to be addressed in the same way as in the IT security world, okay? So if, for example, no one would put a containerized application exposed to the internet, you shouldn't be doing the same with the 5G network functions, okay, without proper security measures. Uh, Those network functions, they are suffering from exactly the same issues, okay? From what I'm seeing is uh, security last, okay? Not security first. Um, Let's uh, make sure that it's working, that it's fully interoperable. Let's make sure that um, the performance is there, that it's stable, and then we will worry about security, patching, fixing stuff, and so on and so on, okay? Uh, then the next one is roaming security um, we we have a lot of projects for roaming security globally uh, we're basically uh, in in 4G and and 5g it is only five percent of traffic statistically but um, let's say from the risk perspective um, it's much more important than just those five five percent run security uh, I think I'm gonna have a next session about run security and, and open run security, but it's mostly about defending basically um, the core network from the run security, uh, excuse me, from, from the run uh, segment. Um, the next one is around sharing. This is what we are seeing mostly in, in Asia. The governments are building the uh, the antennas, the radios, and then local service providers, they just pop up as MVNOs, 5G MVNOs. And then there is a private network security. Um, This requires a little bit different approach. These these networks are much smaller and basically the, the, the enterprises, they are very, very strict. They are actually sending back home all the big guys that recommend service provider grade security instead of enterprise grade security. Okay, so just like our customers, they were adopting public cloud. They wanted our products to be present in the public cloud. They didn't want anything else. And what we are seeing is that the enterprise customers are challenging network equipment providers on on the security. And they are expecting that the private 5G networks, they will be also using the same vendors (coughs) that are well known within the enterprise market. Okay, the next one is the core, okay? So everybody was talking about vulnerability management. Yeah, that's nice, but there's much more to it, okay? First of all, it cannot be a one-time thing. It's a constant process. By the time I started this presentation, there were at least 15 new vulnerabilities announced, okay? So the threat landscape, well, the um yeah, Uh, the attack surface has changed a little bit, right? Uh, We have new 15 vulnerabilities. If someone scanned, for example, the software uh, network functions a couple of weeks ago, then uh, it's a completely different picture now. Same thing with compliance. Compliance is more like um, checking if the network functions and the platform are configured and built according to the art of building secured applications. Okay, Uh, we have to remember that um, it's built by the developers, they cut corners. Um, I actually heard yesterday that uh, security is actually an obstacle. Okay, sometimes. Uh, Same thing um, I'm I'm seeing uh, with some customers. Uh, If something is not working, the the first thing they will do, they will turn off a firewall without any troubleshooting, without any thinking or basically checking if it's actually maybe the firewall that is blocking it. Um, CICD security, well, all the network functions and all the, all the software, whether it's open run or core network, they, they have to go through um, the software supply chain, okay? So it's very important that the software supply chain is actually built as a secure software supply chain. Okay, because this is the place where you're able to stop things before they go in production. To basically stop um, poor quality software, poorly basically maintained, poorly built. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm, Someone was basically, I think, mentioning backdoors. Well, if you look at the vulnerabilities, like for example, Log4j vulnerability, that is out there for four years now. So let's, let's presume that there is a network function which still has this vulnerability. And you can publicly download an exploit, for example, from the internet. It's not a vulnerability anymore, it's a backdoor. Okay, so we should change, change the perception a little bit. Um, the next one is runtime defense. Okay, once it's in production, once it's running, we are seeing a lot of strange things happening with network functions. Uh, the first thing, basically, that uh, the network, the NEP engineers are doing when they are, for example, troubleshooting something is they are logging into containers and then they are downloading various tools, like, for example, TCP dump, NetCAD, okay? And then the, the original secure by design network function is slightly deviating from the original image, okay? Then they do troubleshooting, then they basically leave uh, everything Uh, just the way it is uh, and uh, it is of course exposing risks Uh, there's also much more uh, to it of course Um, i saw a lot of people uh, talking about only let's say vulnerabilities in open source okay but it's not necessarily just an open source that can have a vulnerability also custom-made applications by the software developers They might refer to open source tools like libraries or maybe a database and so on and so on. But you have to remember that those applications, they have vulnerabilities as well. Who's looking for those? Okay, is anybody doing penetration tests, for example? Um, So the runtime defense will, will basically give an insights. It's gonna give insights into what's going on with the network functions on top of the containerized platform, for example. Okay, Um, if you have a north and south firewall, and then you have two network functions at the bottom inside of a Kubernetes cluster, you're not gonna see how they are communicating. What if one network function is hacking another network function? Or it's basically doing something to decrease its performance? Okay, no one has visibility into this today. And then there is uh, API security, which is a, re- a really big thing these days. Uh, we are seeing more and more requests, basically, uh, about uh, se- securing um, the API engine. Okay? It's like, okay, we have to expose a couple of information, like the location of a mobile phone. For example, banks want to know if a mobile phone is roaming when it's doing a money transfer, right? Um, because it's a higher risk. And so on and so on. And then we have customers who are saying that, oh, we actually have to expose through API the whole network, okay? So that some maybe government organizations, they will be able to build network slices on their own in a certain area, for example. And we're gonna basically lose control over it. So the next problem that we are seeing is, okay, uh, you have network security in place, you have cloud security and virtualization security in place. Now, what do you do with the logs? Okay, like open run uh, security logs for the radio part, um, they can generate, for example, one terabyte of of data, of logs. Who's gonna be looking into it? Who's gonna be analyzing that? And who's gonna be looking for the needle in the haystack? So you need to hook up basically something that will sit on top of everything and it's gonna do the analytics and correlation. Okay. so for this we basically um, we are recommending to properly build uh, a security operation center on top of network operation center okay um, like i said because 5g adopted uh, the enterprise best practices the whole concept is very, very similar, okay? It's just that they are not looking at what's going on with the remote workers or what's going on in the office. They are basically looking at the stability of the network functions, the platforms, and Oran, for example, and also what's going on with the mobile phones. And then the last bit is the attack service management. So it's important to basically know what are we exposing, okay, to the, to the internet. So when we hook up basically a network, we, we can basically expose a couple of things that we didn't necessarily wanted to do, okay? So it's quite important to constantly scan, for example, from the outside world, a particular organization, a particular network segment, just to make sure that there is nothing popping up that shouldn't, that shouldn't be there. <laughs>